You're listening to episode 139 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. It's Terry here, and today I've got a really cool episode for you. This is actually an episode where I was invited to come on to a live uh, YouTube podcast known as Voice Spark. If you haven't checked them out, you got to check them out, and we'll put the link uh, to the uh, to the YouTube video in the show notes. Voice Spark is hosted by Nicholas Saka as well as AJ Wool and Benjamin Falvo, and uh, these guys do a really really fantastic job of having really casual discussions with their guests. And like I said, I was delighted to be invited to come onto their show. Uh, We recorded this recently and we covered a whole lot of stuff when it comes to voice. Uh, We talked about Voices My OS, we talked about the voice den, we talked about healthcare, we talked about uh, this podcast, the Lexian Canada podcast, my flash briefings. And I just really wanted to highlight the work that they are doing because they're doing incredible work with VoiceSpark. I love the, uh, the feel of the show, very relaxed, very casual. And um, anyway, I wanted to share it with you as well, Northern Voice. So this is a recording of uh, the audio part of that uh, YouTube show. And um, I hope you'll enjoy. Um, I'll be back at the end of this to uh, chat with you a little bit more about some things that are upcoming. And uh, there we go. Enjoy. It's time for the main event. Are you ready to rumble with Terry Fisher? Let's do it. The good doctor here. Let's go. Hello. Terry, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys doing? It's great to be here. Awesome. Hi, Terry. Doing great. Hi, Terry. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show, guys. It's great. Um, no, I thank you for coming. I am subscribed to the YouTube channel, just so you know. <laughs> oh, he beat so, me to it. He came so back. He was like, there we are. Yeah. He was in the green room. It's like, I know what I got to do right now. He's so. like, I was oh, paying man. attention. <laughs> I was paying attention. I love calling uh, that the virtual green room. It, it makes me feel big, than, bigger than what I am. I love it. You need um, some more snacks. You need some more snacks in the virtual green room, though. Did, yeah. you, look at, did you look at Terry's uh, rider on this show? I mean, it's it's just it's so long, man. It's just he needs this and that. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. just green M&M. <laughs> Only green M and M's. You're like, oh. <laughs> oh man. So um, so Terry, thanks again. Like I said, for coming on, this is awesome. I really wanted to bring you on so we could talk a little bit about the voice den because yep. I had an opportunity. <clears throat> so it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for me to be able to like do things and like dedicate a time frame to them because the way the military works is that whenever you want to do something, you yeah. automatically work that night. Even if you don't even look at your schedule, <laughs> I automatically work that night. My wife says, what are you doing on the 12th? I don't know, but I know I'm working that night. <laughs> so gotcha. I was I was so happy to be at work and I'm like, oh my God, voice den's going to start in five minutes. You know, I got to check this out. So I popped on yeah. yeah, and I hung out for about 20 minutes and yeah. I thought the format of the show was awesome. Oh, because, thanks. Appreciate that. Be, yeah. Because what it, what, it, what the whole thing is designed to do, it's designed to spark, um, conversation and you know, it's that no frills kind of stuff where this is more interview based 
you're more or less like, hey, this is rapid fire. I've got this panel of people. What do you want to ask them? Yeah. And yeah. and I liked that. I thought that was really good. Um, how did that how did that come up? How did you come up with the voice dev? Yeah, you know, it's it's a good question. I I I, I really enjoy going to conferences when we could go to conferences in person. Mm. And you know, obviously you learn a ton, but in my view and and a lot of people that I've spoken with, they they feel similar in that you know, part at least part of the 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 highlights of when I go to a conference isn't so much the sessions. Yes, the sessions are obviously great. You've got great speakers there, but it's it's the after stuff, the after yeah. party, if you will, like getting together with a bunch of uh, people that you meet at the conference and going out for dinner and just chatting and just talking about oh, yeah. what are you up to and learning from each other and asking questions and getting this sort of informal mentorship, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and just making the connections and networking. And that that stuff is, as far as I'm concerned, to me, is, is some of the most valuable stuff from those in-person events. And when we stopped having those in-person events, I was like, well, how can we try to recreate that aspect of events? And I thought, okay, so if we create, or if I create an event that really focuses on spontaneous conversations um, with people that you would otherwise want to be going out for dinner with if you were at a conference and have the opportunity to just chat with them, um, no lectures, so we get away from people are on so many webinars these days, um, you know, Zoom after Zoom. And obviously that's the way the world is right now. And that's the way it's going to be for a while. Um, but I decided that I wanted to create this forum where there's no structure at all, really. So there's no lectures. Uh, the only thing that is structured is that I invite five voice fluencers uh, to the show. Then they're typically five people that are well known in the voice community who people want to have a chance to speak with, who otherwise wouldn't get a chance to speak with. And we invite them on the show. We bring on um, you know, the attendees one at a time for a few minutes just to ask whatever is on their mind. And that's the way it goes. And we just sort of do that for a few minutes and we just cycle through and we get as many people as we can on within an hour. And, um, and we try to keep it really lighthearted and fun and there's heckling going on and it's, uh, it's, all, it's, it's a good time. So that's, <laughs> that was kind of the origin of the, of the concept. That's awesome. And I, I like the new... Um... <clears throat> The app, how you have it in the app, the Cast app. What is that, CamCast? I forget the name of the app. Um, I'm using – so the, the software that I'm using is Crowdcast. That's the, Crowdcast. That's the platform that's that I a, use. Yep. Crowdcast. Crowdcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're sort of known for being – I mean, I could do the same thing in Zoom, but the the experience I don't think would be quite the same. Zoom, in my opinion, has a very sort of corporate – look to it a very sort of structured look mm-hmm. and that's exactly what i was trying to break away from and crowdcast their you know their sort of claim to fame and the way they promote themselves as a platform is they're all about interaction and making yeah. it feel like you're in the room uh with a bunch of people um and so i sort of played around with it and i i did get that feeling from it i went on a couple of you know their demo crowdcast just gotta you know get a feel for it and and it, it seemed to seem to work pretty well so yeah so one of the other things that I wanted to bring up, and AJ, you might find this interesting as well, but he's using um, uh, a almost like a gamification model for the voice den. How the uh, the questions and the uh, R, uh, RFID cards or something to that effect. How does yeah, that whole the, process the, work? So the NFT card. So what? So okay. So I'll take a step back here. When when people come on to the voice den, I was also as you'll it may be obvious but i i really love to build stuff and i heard you guys talking about building stuff 
and I love to be creative. And actually, I'm a musician myself. Uh, I play the drums, um, and I played the violin when I was like when I was a kid, and then I rebelled, and I was like, I'm not playing the violin anymore. I'm just gonna play drums. <laughs> but but anyway, um, I love I love just building stuff. I love being creative. And so when I when I came up with this concept, I thought, how can I make it really like something special for these voice influencers? And I thought I'm gonna make almost like little trading cards of them. So that's like there's like the series of voice influencer trading cards, and so it started with basically that a series of trading cards. They're they're just graphics, sort of virtual graphics, and then I started um, chatting with um, I don't know if you know him personally or met him uh, Ian Utility of Attention Live, um, mm. and um, so he's got a very interesting company, um, and there, what he's doing is he's creating a live streaming platform to Alexa. So you can talk to your phone and it's live streamed to Alexa. Um, Whoa. And the, and the other element of that is that he's very uh, connected with the blockchain community. And what he's doing is he's giving these live streams a token that is filed in the distributed ledger. So it shows ownership of your content that you have created. Oh, and so I started talking with him about the some of the ideas on the voice stand and he's like we could use that same technology that we're using on the blockchain for the for the audio content for your cards and what we've done now is we've created these non-fungible tokens which are uh which they basically are attached to a a unique token that lives on the blockchain and each of these individual cards are truly one of one collectible cards and they can be identified as such on the blockchain. So when a person comes on the show now, they get versions of their cards that they own on the blockchain. And we've created 29 different versions of each card. Each one is different. It's got a different color and a different letter on it. And we give out a lot of these as prizes to people on the, on the voice stand as well. So they're actually getting these unique collectible voice fluencer cards um, that are I mean, they're graphical, but they actually truly own them in the sense of the word. They could sell them if they want or trade them or do whatever they want. So, oh, wow. And then the gamification part is is just how people can sort of win those cards, that sort of thing. So, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So yeah, are you I finding that uh, you're able to capture that, that, that like live kind of energy that you get? Uh, I went to the Voice Summit in New Jersey. And yeah. when I left my, like, you know, when you're smiling, like you go to a comedy, like I had these <laughs> muscles were sore because you, when you're meeting friendly folks, uh, yep. that are new and they're into the same thing that you are. And then there's three or four or five or 10 around. That is just the time of your life. And are you getting, yeah. are, are you being able to recreate that like spontaneity, uh, with the show? Um, I think so. I mean, I've, I've got some really great comments coming back. Like one particular comment, um, somebody specifically said like, this is the closest I felt to being in person with other people in the voice community since the lockdown, um, which was, which was really nice to hear. Um, and a lot of people have said like, you know, this is, I've had somebody literally say as well, um, this is the most fun they've had in an online event. Um, so, you know, those are the kind of things that I'm hearing and it's, it's, it's really nice. I mean, it's, it's, do you think you some know, of that working. is because the folks don't know each other, they don't need to be necessarily prepared. They're just sort of in the right mindset and then they're kind of put together. Is this like magic that happens when humans get together? If the, if it's configured in a careful way? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think the magic is that it's just, it, it's just 
truly spontaneous. It truly yeah. is unstructured, right? Um, like what I, like what you're seeing on the screen there. There's no lectures. There's no selling. Um, and then you know, and then if you go down a little bit more, like I mean, these are the principles of what I've really tried to design, right? So you're getting real conversations, the spontaneity. There's a little bit of the competition in there, like I said, and it's it's really about people hanging out. When we first come on, um, you know, I kind of introduce the people on the show. Um, I'm, I make a big deal usually, and I try to do this every time, of really uh, welcoming anybody that's new to the voice den so that they feel they're part of the community, uh, mm-hmm. really creating a community feel. Um, and then the conversation in the chat, there's, there's a chat that goes along the side too. It's just, it just it go, I mean, I can't keep up with it, you know, between sort of hosting the show and stuff. I have to go back after the show and read through all the chat comments because there's so much activity in there and people yeah. are just joking and, you know, heckling each other. All that stuff. <laughs> do you think, do you think this is the event format for at least for the foreseeable future? <laughs> people would adopt this or, uh, you know, move well, to this type of format? I, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I have had some people say like, you know, I really like this format. Uh, can I talk to you about like, can I take it to my area um i've had people say um because i've always got at the same time it's always five o'clock pacific eight o'clock eastern on wednesdays great Um, time for happy hour yes (laughs) you got it you got i encourage people to come with a drink in hand sit down with a drink and some snacks um but i've also had some people like you know in europe say like oh gosh we'd love to attend but it's in the middle of the night can we do (laughs) a europe version and so you know that's something i'm very seriously considering about doing the voice stand europe or something Mm -hmm. like that but um the issue for me is, is, you know, it's obviously time and just trying to, I need, right. I, I'm, at, I'm getting to the stage where I need to have some help. I need to start to develop a team because I really, I really am essentially doing this myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, speaking of that, um, I can remember, uh, talking to you previously and you told me that you launched your blog, Alexa in Canada, like yeah. one day prior to them actually releasing it in Canada or like doing the press release that it was going to be released in Canada. And I thought that was wild. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a crazy story. That was my very first thing that I did is sort of in the voice space. Um, so I guess this goes back now, probably about three years or so. Um, but I, I became interested in voice technology. I became interested in Alexa and I put together this blog that you're seeing right now. Um, and I put it together before Alexa was officially in Canada, knowing, of course, that it was just a matter of time until mm-hmm. Amazon brought it to Canada. But just as luck would have it, the coincidence, I, you can actually, like, people could go and search this. If you look at my very first blog post on that site, I'm talking about, oh, there's this technology called Alexa, and it'll be so cool if it came to Canada and all this kind of stuff. And um, I don't know if it was the next day, but within, I think it was within about a week or two weeks, Amazon announced that Alexa was coming to Canada. And, like... Now, and now if, if Canadians, I know this, you know, depending on where you are, if you search, you're going to get different results. But if you're in Canada and you search Google with the keywords Alexa and Canada, um, I was doing it the other day just to kind of see where my SEO rankings were. My site came up before Amazon. So, so a lot of my congratulations. Traffic, yeah, my, yeah. My traffic is really, truly um, organic and people are just searching for because a, a lot of people and some people in the States may not be aware of this, but the features are different in oh that doesn't look good uh, no that didn't look good <laughs> um some people may not be aware that the features of alexa are different in canada versus in the united states and so that's why there's a yes. lot of um, canadians asking about those sorts of things yeah so. and and you know that's that's the other thing too you know i i always talk about usage i harp um, one of my things is i harp on usage right we've got to get we've got to get uh sally jones from down the street and ben smith from across the road to you start using these devices how do we do that 
You know, how do we get out of the slosh of the foundation that we created as the voice community? How do we expand that, right? How do we build the first floor, the second floor of the house? So for me, I think what you're doing is great. And it's, it's great because it focuses in on um, Canadians, essentially Canadians. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny is it doesn't matter what like mainstream logo you have there's always a maple leaf like they're the Canadians are a very proud people as far as like maple leaves go. And they're you <laughs> there know, you go. Canadians, right? So if you go to McDonald's in Canada, right in the middle of the two arches it is a maple leaf. <laughs> so funny story. I'm up there, me and my wife, we go to Subway. Yeah. And it's Subway Canada. There's a maple leaf on the logo. And lady's making a subs and she looks at me. She says, what kind of cheese do you want? And I'm like, I'll take American. And she's like, what? <laughs> Up there, it's processed cheese. <laughs> that oh, is yeah. what I'm yeah. yeah, that is what American American cheese is. It's processed cheese in Canada. So <laughs> that, I always thought that was kind Came of fun. For you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so um it is your it, are you married right is your wife canadian i am yeah my uh my wife is canadian she's originally she's originally from south africa actually um but oh. she's she moved here when she was about eight years old so she's she's oh, really wow. grown up here uh in wow. canada so she's canadian yeah that's awesome and then i've got two kids so they keep me busy uh and i do the and i do the typical canadian thing my kids um i coach them on their for their ice hockey teams um, Oh, nice. and uh and uh keeps us busy yeah yeah so for us we uh i did the same thing uh but it was a little bit reversed i i imported my uh my wife from canada um so she's canadian and i know i told you about that terry and i don't know if ben and aj knew that but yeah she's uh she's a canuck so we're gonna go back up there and uh try to find a place in blaine to live because her parents are right across the uh, right across the river in white rock so we're looking forward cool. to that change. 240 days left, if anybody wants to know. So, Doctor, uh, doctor, what, what is your uh, background? My background? So, um, yeah, I'm probably not the typical voice person. Um, I'm, a, I'm a physician. Uh, that's what I do during – that's my day job. Um, I do – specifically, I do sports and exercise medicine and family medicine. Fantastic. And um, uh, I work at the university here at, in Vancouver, University of British Columbia – uh, in the student health clinic. And that's what I do during the day. And I, I've started saying I'm a, I'm a physician by day and like a voice tech enthusiast by night. Cause, nice. um, like all this voice stuff. And I think it, as you can see, like all this sort of creative stuff that I really enjoy doing. Um, it's a really nice cr sort of creative and relaxing outlet from the interesting, you know, from the, the regular days of being a physician where mm -hmm. a lot of times it's very serious stuff we're dealing with. A lot of times it's, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. it can be stressful at times and I love to go home and sort of put that stuff away for a little while and just sit down and like build things like the voice Dan and, and yeah. other things and graphics and, and podcasts and all this kind of stuff. So have you always been well, well, Terry, in uh, audio and music? Like you said, is, is music a big part of your life? Yeah, I've always been, I've always been interested in gadgets. I've always been interested in technology, mm. gadgets, music. Um, it's funny hearing you guys speak about sort of music production and that sort of stuff. Like I remember when, um, boy, I'm dating myself here, but I must have been like, I don't know, 12 years old or something. And I was I was playing around with the very primitive um, 
like uh, music sequencer programs, Cubase, and um, and stuff that. It, it's funny. It just just triggered a memory. I had my wisdom teeth pulled out as a kid, and my parents had to like bribe me, like, look, if you get if you get your wisdom teeth pulled out, don't make a fuss. We'll buy you something, and then you can like <laughs> play with it while you're getting better. And you know what I got? I got the software Cubase. And right. while I was lying in bed, sort of with my mouth swollen, I was sitting there reading the manual on how to like use Cubase because I sat down and I got a keyboard and you know I learned how to use MIDI and I started sequencing stuff and um, like I said, I'm a drummer, but I also did a lot of music theory and I played the violin for I don't know like 15 years, so um, I understand a reasonable amount of music and music theory. So I would sit down and I would just I'd start writing songs and I'd put down my drums, my bass, my guitar, my piano, and everything, and uh, and you know, I, I think that's sort of that's always the way it's been. And I've always enjoyed gadgets and playing around with that kind of stuff. And um, so when you were in college, podcast, yeah. would you uh, like be studying this like cerebral, like abstract stuff and then like break away into music to balance yourself out? I, I, I did do that for, 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 for quite a bit. I, I was in a number of bands through college um, and uh, I would go and, you know, while I was studying, I was studying and then I'd go and I'd play with my band at parties. And, um, oh, and it, actually in, um, during my undergrad, when I was doing my undergrad degree in science, I, as one of my electives, I took a, uh, a jazz performance uh, percussion class. It was one of my electives. So, um, so it was um, kind of different, but it was fun. I still love that stuff. I love playing the drums. So well, I wish I had more time for it. Yeah. So <laughs> are, you, are um, you integrating music uh, into, uh, are you going to integrate music into, like turn a version of it into like a live jam session ever in the future or just the conversation or is that possible? Oh, you're asking, you're asking a really, really good question there. And, uh, I, no comment. (laughs) (laughs) He's building things. (laughs) Um, stay tuned. Yeah. Terry, Terry, you're talking about like, kind of like, you know, what you do in the real world. And I I was watching one of your talks, um, in general about, you know, how, uh, you know, adopt basically adopting voice and adopting these technologies in, um, in, um, in your, your profession more or less yeah. uh yeah. i'm curious as to like kind of what you see on the horizon for that and how, how people are going to leverage voice uh in the future for for you know doctor's visits anything any anything related to medical in the future yeah so i mean that's a huge huge question um i actually gave a tedx talk on specifically on that yeah. how voice technology that's why that, 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 that my question <laughs> uh, okay how it's gonna change uh, uh, uh um, everything about healthcare um Boy, I'm just trying to think of an easy way to tackle that. What I said in the talk, actually, is I gave a couple of, you know, simple examples. And, you know, one simple example is just if you think about just getting information from a voice assistant in a really seamless, easy way, uh, you know, a perfect and simple example is just like first aid skill, right? Somebody has a bee sting or a burn and they're they're sort of, you know, they're they're anxious about it. They don't know what to do. And where, where do I go? And so nice to just be able to say, hey, Alexa, what do I do for a burn? Oh, right? yeah. Right. Um, or even something a little bit more complex is what about like somebody collapses in front of you and you take their pulse and a pulse and you don't know how to do CPR. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could ask Alexa and Alexa will like coach you through how to do CPR. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are, those are some simple examples. And you get into the, the ones where, um, you know, people that have chronic diseases, take, take diabetes, for example, it's a good example because right. that's something that they have to deal with every minute of their life, uh, monitor their sugars and their, their potentially their insulin and all this kind of stuff. So sure. you could have a device, that helps them track their insulin, their blood sugars, helps them basically acts as a nurse, a care aide 
yeah. for helping them manage their diabetes on a regular basis. And using the AI, if it notices that there are certain parameters that are going wrong, going downhill, they can mm -hmm. alert you to maybe you got to go see your doctor, right? So, oh, sure. I mean, that's one. Um, another one is just, you know, elderly people trying to be independent in their homes and having, and maybe they're becoming forgetful and having a device to just remind them, take your medication. This is the medication you need to take. And you've got an appointment today. And I mean, there's, there's some really simple things like that. And you get into, um, you know, using the devices to actually capture some of the medical history from a patient, doctors mm -hmm. that ask the same questions over and over and over again, or, <clears throat> excuse me, or potentially capturing that information and transcribing it into a medical record for the doctor by right. having the device listen. And then um, I think the one that I find most fascinating is the idea of vocal biomarkers. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with this, but yeah, it's the idea It's the idea behind um, the, the analogy that I'll, I'll just for, for the viewers and the listeners, the analogy I like to give is like digital photography. When you take a photograph, you get your photo, but you also get all that meta metadata, right? You get mm -hmm. the camera mm -hmm. model, the aperture, the flash, the, all that kind of, all those settings. But with voice, you've got the words that I'm saying, but right. you've got the so-called metadata or the vocal biomarkers, which is how I'm speaking, right? Because we can all hear emotion in our voice. If I'm saying something like really excited and like, oh, it's so, it's so cool, you can hear that. Or I could say those same kind of words and I'd be like, oh, it's really exciting. It's so cool, right? But it's got two totally different meanings. Average, um, range. All that stuff. Speed, and the thing is, right? when you start feeding that into these um, AI uh uh, computers and it starts processing and, and pulling out those patterns. Um, the devices can then start to identify changes in your mood. If someone's mm -hmm. becoming depressed, you can start to get predictive. Like, is this a person at risk for suicide? You can even start to recognize diseases by the way someone sounds. So I know that the Mayo Clinic did a study and they showed that the way someone sounds is they, they found a correlation between the way someone speaks and the yep. risk of heart disease. And wow. there are a bunch of people right now researching uh, the way someone sounds and the, the risk of actually having COVID just by the way you sound and the way you cough. So wow. that stuff is fascinating to me that you could have a device in your home listening to you. And it's, it's basically like taking this vital sign. I'm calling like voice. I think voice is the next vital sign. Doctors use pit, um, pulse, blood pressure, and so on. I think it's, it's just a matter of time before doctors actually use your voice signal as a vital sign. I remember so. about 20 years back, I read a scientific uh, study. Well, it was a study about wondering if there are any markers in the voices of individuals with respect to their level of authority or competence. Mm. And so they, the test was primarily on male uh, speakers and who were like Charlton Heston and the lowest scoring individual, and it had to do with bass clusters. So the amount of bass that's coming out of the throat, either Interesting. Like 100 and 150 hertz, they said that there was some relationship between confidence and respectedness or how somebody's perceived. And uh, do we lose him? I think we lost him. He got excited. He should, <laughs> he should be able to come back. Here he is. Yeah, He's back in the game. Not sure what happened there. I think I clicked the button there back. So sorry about that, guys. But you're no, saying the there. Yeah. So that 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 was the idea that when um, they, they were kind of hinting at that when uh, somebody and they, they weren't saying which is causing what, but sort of they're kind of associated that uh, male speakers would have these like quantifiable bass clusters in yeah. every syllable, and it, as the male lost his his kind of standing and respect level, those bass clusters would drop in power. And mm. they sure enough said, like, out of 100 guys or something like that, 
that Dan Quayle had the least amount of base clusters in his voice. Oh, time. So that's all that, that was. I believe it. That is interesting. That is, well, it's fast. You know, the, I mean, there's so many elements to this too. There's, there's, um, there's one company that said that they have identified 2,500 different vocal biomarkers in the way someone wow. speaks. I can't oh, even begin to imagine totally how, how, but, um, well, I have yeah. a, a, I grew up with, uh, my two best friends growing up, two different people, but they both had stutter. And, mm. uh, then I had, had a friend for about 15 years who has Tourette syndrome and I've not had those kinds of issues, but I love listening to their voices. I love the uniquenesses of their voices and my huh. friend Rich, if I spend about two or three hours with him, his stutter yeah. will go away wow. for some reason, because he feels more comfortable speaking to me. I would love so that's to really interesting because it, it makes you wonder like that's something that i've wondered too like could a voice device act like a speech language pathologist for somebody mm, that has right. some sort of problem with their speech and they work with a voice device and it speaks back to them and it can do those things that a potentially a, a speech language pathologist was doing well anybody know. that edits uh interviews is going to recognize that stutters are contagious so if you have two individuals that are speaking with each other they get really into the conversation one of them has a passing stutter a lot of times within a second or two the other individual will also stutter that's, that's like if you yawn as well yeah some oh yeah mirror neurons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's good. laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so that's great. Uh, the other thing that you got going on is the uh, the health first. I believe it's the yeah, I the got, voice yeah, first so, health. Like you got so, a, yeah, you got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, sticks in the fire, man. I, I don't know how you do it, and you're a doctor. Um, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I do. So, I, I mean, yeah, sometimes I wonder if I'm spreading myself a little bit too thin, to be perfectly honest, because I, I, I want to do such a good job with, with whatever I do, obviously. But um, the voice first health thing is is really, um, it's, it's just about the stuff that we were talking about now. It, it's just sort of highlighting the stuff that's going on really at that intersection of voice technology and healthcare. And so in that podcast, um, I bring on people that are in that sort of niche or that vertical uh, of healthcare and, and voice. And we talk about these sorts of things that we've just been talking about for the last, whatever, five, 10 minutes. So, um, but there's that. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy the, my flash briefings. Flash briefings is something that I, that I, um, have done since very early on. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that's a big opportunity for people to, to, for content creators to get stuff out there. Um, oh, sure. Well, when I was on my way to, uh, uh, New Jersey for the voice summit, a man came up to me in the airport in Salt Lake City, and he's like, hey, watch, watch my bag. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, he, he comes back from the restroom. He introduces himself. He's one of the, uh, the doctors in, in, that runs the psoriasis society or, you know, the body that kind of, like, regulates psoriasis hmm. research. And uh, I was talking to him about the idea of, uh, you know, voice, because hmm. as they would like to get symptoms or ping people and find out information and people could use voice to report their experiences with drugs or yeah. with their concerns at the moment that they have them and yeah. his response was well you have HIPAA compliance and that's something that you have to be very concerned with and then sure enough when we were at the voice conference there was a person who gave a speech on exactly what's necessary on the back end to make sure that it's going to qualify for HIPAA compliance so just anybody uh, that can learn about this, they can make it work. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like no, that's it. On the of that. That's the big challenge with the, with the healthcare stuff is the HIPAA compliance and protecting patients, uh, privacy, security, that sort of stuff. Because a lot of sectors, you don't really have to worry about that too much, obviously. Right. But when it comes to someone's healthcare and you get into the sure. insurance issues and the, mm-hmm. and just the privacy, like there's, there's, which is why typically the healthcare vertical has been so slow to adopt new technologies. And if there's a silver lining behind this whole COVID thing, it's that people are being, not forced, but you know they're being really uh, encouraged to use telemedicine, to use voice technology, to use new technologies that allow them to get some care, but still stay in their home. And I think that's mm-hmm. a really, really good thing. So oh, yeah, definitely. It's a sign of the future. Go yeah. ahead, Ben. You got yeah. a question? Well, I was kind of curious. You know, uh, you know, HIPAA here, and then um, we, you know, we have the, the CCPA in California, and then obviously there's GDPR. What, what, what for developers in Canada? What, what are some privacy things that that, that you that you guys look out for or, or need to be compliant with? It would be the same. It would be the same kind of thing. And but the thing is, and there's there's different names of them because it's actually although that's it's, it's a federal body that oversees it. Each it's it's yeah. distributed to each of the provinces. So okay. each province actually has slightly different regulations, which makes things that much more complicated if you want to launch right. something across Canada. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it's but the but in theory, I mean, the, the same principles generally ap- apply. Have what, have all the provinces it, adopted it? Uh, I mean, they're all. They're, I'm, I'm guessing there's variables in each one of them, or is there is there a difference, or is it pretty much kind of? Um, Most of them are know. similar. Most of them are similar. Um, you know, one of one of the hurdles that that keeps coming back for me in say Alexa is. The currently the way it is, at least the last time I checked, and I haven't checked in a while, so this may this may have changed. But as far as my understanding goes, the the Amazon servers that run Alexa, <clears throat> excuse me, are located in the United States, and that's an issue for Canadian privacy and security because mm-hmm. uh, in order for anything to be passed, mm-hmm. the data has to be stored in Canada. Yep. So uh, until there is some type of server in Canada, that's. I and maybe there's a way around it. I don't know. I mean, that's not my area of expertise, but mm-hmm. um, but that's that's definitely one of the hurdles that we'd have to get through to really mm-hmm. bring things at least. On, yeah, it's going to be an AWS region if you're going to use uh, AWS servers. Because I right. think, if I recall correctly, I believe there is an AWS white paper specifically about compliance in the United States for HIPAA. So that's available on. Uh, uh, okay, that's, that's good to know. Yeah, that's something you can research. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't think there is it. The region there's one in uh, California, uh, East Coast, West Coast, all around. But yeah, that's one of those things. It has the same thing. It has to do with banking sovereignty. They they refer to mm. it as. So if there has to be a copy of the data encrypted at rest, and then it has to be like physically located in a physical place in order to yeah. Uh, appease whatever the laws of the country interesting well, yeah it's, it's... Well, you, you know going back to um <clears throat> going back to skill building that was one of the issues they had early on with the kids section of the skill store in canada it wasn't able to it didn't align with certain uh, policies and procedures in in the country of canada that's right it took them actually a while to get a kids section in in yeah. canada but they finally yeah. got one yeah yeah and you know what? Just along those, you made me think of something else. I can't tell you how many developers, this is like a public service announcement to all the developers out there in the United States, <laughs> because I can't tell you how many developers I've spoken to and I met at in Newark at Voice Summit and all this kind of stuff. And that like they tell me about their awesome skills that they built. And I'm like, oh, cool. I want to try that. Is it in Canada? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's in Canada. I'm like, are you sure? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We launched it like it's in the English speaking regions. 
And then I'd pull out my phone, my my Alexa app, and I'd search for it. And I'd show them it's not in Canada. Like you have to specifically enable because the language is the, the language model for Canada is different from the United States. Yep. And so um, anyway, there we go. If there's any developers out there, make sure you make there's like there's a huge hungry market in Canada for for good skills. So don't leave <laughs> well, us that's out. Why, <laughs> that was one of the reasons. You know, whenever I came on your podcast, that was one of the reasons I wanted to let people know that my historical voices skill was released in in all the English speaking regions, including Canada. But most importantly, that whenever you're thinking about launching your skill in another region, I honestly think it's a no brainer, especially those five primary English speaking regions, because you're just copying and pasting the JSON over and over again and the metadata, the logos the, you know, what the skill's about. And yep. I mean, what's it take 20 extra minutes to maybe make sure everything's formatted properly, hit submit, boom, there you go. So yeah. if you could build it good in the US, you can build it good in the UK, Canada, India, and Australia. Yep. yep. Well said. I agree. Doctor, do 100%. you think that people would be more likely to trust uh, Alexa with uh, private symptoms than a physical doctor you think oh i love that question you? that's a great question because um <laughs> there's there's actually been some research into that that shows that in some cases people are more likely to be forthcoming with a smart speaker than they are with a human because yep. they feel that the human would judge them and the smart right. speaker doesn't right and so there's there's research going on i know some colleagues of mine and they are looking at having smart speakers in the form of little robots, for example, to go and, and tell some jokes to some kids and develop rapport with the kids. And then the robot asks the questions to the kids and the kids start to take the, start to give them the information. So, um, it's pretty crazy. And then, you know, there's the other side of the coin too, right? Some people will be like, Oh, like, I don't want to talk to a robot. I want to talk to a human being who can like mm. actually like understand what I'm saying. So, you know, you're going to get both sides, but certainly, I mean, that use case exists and, uh, yeah. So for urinary tract infections, weight issues. <laughs> What's that spot right there? <laughs> yeah. Burning, exactly. A burning sensation. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I get lots Bring of those complaints robot. at a university. So <laughs> no shortage of those complaints at a university. <laughs> Do you uh, have any plans on uh, putting together some software for your patients? Uh, is that something that's possible for an individual doctor to do? Or uh, kind of you know, looking forward to seeing when the industry does it? Yeah, it's it, it's hard for me to do that because number one, uh, I mean, there's a number of things. Number one, I'm I'm not a developer. I don't have the skills. I don't code, right? So, um, I, first of all, I, I would need somebody to work with on that, which which is fine. Um, but secondly, it kind of gets back to the whole idea of the privacy and security issues in Canada. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that I work at a university, it's a huge organization. Um, there's ten, tens of thousands of students at this university. It's a major university, uh, which means that just you know, there's there's a lot of They've got their own IT department. They've got their own internet security department. There's a lot of sort of red tape and bureaucracy that you'd have to go through to try to implement something that you're sort of working on into the larger university health system. Sure. Um, so it's it's not – if I had my own private practice, perhaps that's something that I could like kind of build and, and put in the clinic. Um, what I am doing is creating – I do a flash briefing called Health Tips, and it's health just – it's a daily – it's a daily uh, flash briefing. It's sort of under my voice first health brand. Um, and it's just a daily educational tip for patients. Um, I've been doing a lot of 
COVID education over the last couple of months. So there's like a different tip about COVID and just learning, teaching about it. Um, but also, I, I don't want to only do that. So I'm actually going to now going forward, I'm actually going to kind of get back to some of the more general health tips as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I think, you know, I can do relatively easily. Um, sure. But anything yeah. sort of more, more complex is, is, is challenging. So, yeah. Do you have a nickname? Do I have a nickname? Yeah. Um, Dr. Terry. Uh, you, people just, I, I'm so informal. I like, you know, generally people just call me Terry, but at actually at, at a, a project voice, um, people started calling me uh, the voice doctor. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of that kind of stuck. I don't know, but, um, that could be the on my, on my little card for the voice den. I have, uh, everybody has a nickname. We give everybody that comes on the show a nickname. Um, and so my, on my card, it says the voice doctor. Uh, nice. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. So, well, Terry, yeah, we just fun. were right at about the hour mark. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or say to the audience before you, before you go? Wow. I know. I, this is great guys. Thank you. I just, you come out to the voice den. It's at the voice den.com. You're free to yeah. check it out. I, maybe I'll mention this. We, I do have a big party episode of the voice den, November 14th. Um, nice. it's going to be a two hour special. Um, I'm inviting, actually, I don't know if I've said this publicly yet. I don't know if I should say this. Just do yet. it. But it's going to be, it's going to be a huge, huge party on the voice den. It's actually coinciding with my 1000th consecutive voice in Canada flash briefing, which nice. I'm turning into a gamified flash briefing. So the 10 days leading up to the party, if you listen to the flash briefing, you get some kind of riddle or clue. If you can figure it out, you then go to an Alexa skill called crack the code. You tell the skill what you think the answer to the riddle is. And if you are right, Alexa will give you one piece of a total code. And if you play that every day for 10 days, then you get all 10 pieces of the code. And then when you say the final code, you get information on how you can be in the running to win some grand prizes. And we're going to be nice. announcing that and celebrating that at the Voice Den Party Edition, which is a Saturday night, uh, November 14th. That is so, exciting. That's Good job on that one. <laughs> you got my intrigue peaked. So nice. that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, so thanks for letting me shout that out. And I guess just voice is my OS. One last thing that I'm working on, I'm trying to really just feature not only the voice fluencers, but everybody in the community. And the way I believe that voice is my operating system. Um, anybody can go to voicesmyos.com, fill out a very short Google form, basically put in a quote. Why do you believe that voice is your OS? Voice is my OS because fill in the blank. You can choose one of 20 different colors. You upload a headshot. And we will produce a like a professionally uh, created graphic that you can share and just show your pride for voice is my OS and that's sort of a hashtag. So that's nice. the last thing I'll mention. Really cool. So, awesome, yeah. Terry. Very well, cool. Very cool. We're, we're going to go ahead and bounce you out here if you could. Yep. Please stay. Please stand by. And uh, I will. Thank and, you so much, guys. Uh, hold on one second. Thanks, Doctor. Appreciate it. So that was Doctor Terry Fisher, the mover and shaker, the voice yeah. doctor. The voice um, doctor. So we have, um, so I've got his profile up on the screen. If you are on LinkedIn, go ahead over and add him to your, uh, to your network. He's a excellent guy and he's, uh, also very approachable. All right. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting with those three guys on voice spark. Like I say, really relaxed, really casual conversation. So definitely check them out. Just go to YouTube and search voice spark and you'll find them. Um, all right. 
as I mentioned in that episode, I just want to highlight a couple things. Number one, Voices My OS. You go there, VoicesMyOS.com, and you can get a free graphic produced, personalized, custom to you, uh, all about your thoughts on voice. And uh, we will send that graphic to you, and you can use it however you like. Also, make sure that you are... Uh, registered or you have saved your seat for the voice den at thevoiceden.com both for the episode coming up on october 21st and our big party episode on november 14th and if you haven't subscribed to the voice in canada flash briefing then please do so because we have a special edition of the gamified flash briefing coming up that will be starting on november 4th so lots and lots of stuff going on uh, thank you for tuning in as always you can catch uh, the links and look everything up on the show notes page a-L-E-X-A in Canada.ca slash podcast. It always has the most uh, recent episodes at the top. And uh, thank you for checking it out. Thanks for your support. I will speak to you again very soon. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you later.